Recording in progress. All right. Uh, welcome to the Straight Red Card. Um, today on today's show, we have the one and only, and it's been eight or nine years since we've had him on the show. It's been that long. I mean, it's not his fault. We left for six years. So, you know, obviously we haven't had the ability to have him on the show, but we do today have the, the one and only, the big time writer for big soccer for, I don't know, seems like forever. Um, that is Mr. Bill Archer. Bill, welcome back to the show. Guys, long time no uh, whatever the hell this is. I, I, <laughs> <good to be laughs> well, it's a little different now, Bill, as we mentioned in the uh, pre-show uh, that, you know, we can swear, we can say whatever we want now, and that's great. Not that we couldn't back then, but I mean, back then the show was pretty much only a guest show. So, you know, we didn't want to be rude in front of our guests, but, you know, we're old now and we don't really care as much. How about you? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't recall, you know, restraint be ever being one of my hallmarks, but sure, it's, you know. Well, that's true. I think one of the only reason Grant Wall came on our show was because you had some criticism back in the days, way back in the days. Is that true, well, Brett? Am I remembering Grant? That? Well, Grant was, uh, Grant, uh, see, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, and I'm sure you guys recall them, other people may not, but, but uh, I, I cut my teeth really writing about CONCACAF and all the, all the crap with Jack Warner and, and uh, uh, mm -hmm. Chuck Blazer and all that sort of, all that stuff. And it was, the corruption was awful, you know? And, right. uh, uh, and one of the things that I constantly said was, that, that there were people like Grant Wall, who I thought, and this, is, this sounds a little serious, but I thought they really had a professional obligation to be writing. They knew this stuff. They knew it every bit. Of, I mean, a lot of some idiots sitting at a desk in Pennsylvania. I didn't know a tenth as much as Grant Wall did, and mm. he wouldn't say a word about it. Yeah. And well so about the, about the, you know, tenth time, about the tenth time that I, I, I just beat the living crap out of him in, on big soccer, um, um, he called me at home. I'm not, still not sure where he, he got my phone number. Um, and, <laughs> That's crazy. And, yeah. Talk to all of his contact and, buddies. And he said, you know, yeah, sure. And he said, you know, I, 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 I think the problem here is that you don't understand the realities of being uh, a sports writer, about being in journalism. And I said, no, Grant, I think. I understand them quite well. The problem is you're trying to protect your sources. You're not trying to protect mm -hmm. your free tickets. You're trying to protect, you know, and it's true. It's exactly what he was doing. Right. And we had a long talk and we talked about his wife and my wife and whatever. And we, and we ended it quite, you know, no one yelled at anybody. And we got off the, off the phone. And, and about a week later, I, I beat up on it. I didn't talk about the conversation, but I beat up on him again. Mm -hmm. And he had it for the same thing. And, right. he, called, and he called me again. And, and he said, you know, uh, well, you know, you're being a little two-faced. I said, no, Grant, I never said, you know, I'm glad we had a conversation. You can call me anytime. But, you know, my point is the same and it hasn't changed. Um, but, yeah, I yeah, know Grant, uh, Grant was, a, was a good writer and, and is a good writer. But he, like everybody else, nobody else is, you know, the stuff going on with, with, with FIFA and CONCACAF now, nobody's writing about it. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get to that. But before we move off Grant, the odd thing is the other day, he just came out and said that there are no access issues. 
um, with U.S. soccer. And I found that to be very false. No, uh, no um, black, no blackballing. Yeah, that's baloney. Yeah, that's just baloney. I mean, didn't you lose your your press pass too? At some point for criticism of U.S. soccer. Well, I, I, my press credentials were always uh, uh, on a case by case basis. I never had a, uh, a carte blanche. I never uh-huh. had a here, you know, here's your pass. This is good for until you screw up. Right. I always had to apply mm-hmm. and they never said no until once. And then at some point they started saying no. Right. Which was okay. Uh, yeah. You've never, you never walked into a presser and just said, do you know who I am? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. Uh, ever happened. No, but I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. In, in, at MLS Cup, this was a, of course, not a US, U.S. game, but at MLS Cup in 2008, I, uh, of course, I'm a crew fan. I make no secret of that. And, uh, uh, nobody's, and, but I had, uh, I had credentials from, from, <laughs> No, exactly, and uh, uh, and I had I had uh, press creden- I had I had press credentials from USSF or from uh, from MLS and Big Soccer, and uh, Jesse had arranged it, and I started walking into the to the press box at the stadium, and I had a crew jersey on, and I had a beer in my hand, and mm. they, you know, excuse, I didn't know this, I it was I'm not a journalist, I don't know this stuff. They, somebody stopped me, and they saw. You know you can't drink in the in the uh, uh, in the press box, and you can't cheer, and you can't cheer for a team. You have to. And I said, wait a minute, I flew three thousand miles from Ohio to watch my team play in the in, in MLS Cup, and you're telling me I can't cheer and I can't have a beer? That's ridiculous. And I left, and I never went back. That's oh, I thought all the media is pretty dry anyway, so makes sense. Oh, I thought you were going to say you ripped off your shirt. <laughs> And uh, down the beer. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been appropriate. Yeah, okay. I I mean, I considered it, but I. No, you were principled. Oh, did we lose Bill? Well, and there you are. And I like beer, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Now, speaking of those. Yeah, I'm here. There you are. Yeah. Speaking of those old days, too, I can remember I started a group with a bunch of like Grant Wall, Eric Ronaldo, you, Dan, Brett. There's a it was like 16 people. And I had no idea when I started the group on Facebook that this could cause an issue because one of the people I included was Stephen Cohen. <laughs> and you guys just went at it for like what? a day straight. <laughs> what an asshole. I'm glad to- I'm glad you gave me permission to, you know, use the, whatever language came to mind. Because Stephen yeah. Cohen was the biggest asshole in the world. That's just incredible. Yeah, that was probably a bad idea on our <laughs> part. But again, another guy that came on our show because, you know, he wanted to say his piece on what you had to say about him. And uh, so we got two guests, Grant Wall and Stephen Cohen on our show just because they wanted wow. to dispute you <laughs> yes so made for wow. content. yeah absolutely that's, we pulled up our popcorn we just that's really watched. i mean it's eight, it, <laughs> it was eight eight years ago so it's been a long time so what are you doing these days what, yeah, are, you up, been a while. what are you up to well i uh uh i uh i i've thrown a log on the fire and play with 
my dog mostly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 I was going to go back. I, I even considered going back to uh, go make the writing because there's some stuff that I really wanted to say. It's about talk about. I got a little burned out on it. And, and, uh, uh, and I, I really wanted to take a break. And I did take a break. And I was going to get back into it. And uh, uh, I wasn't able to find a, a platform that I really liked. And I went back. I had, a, I had sort of a disagreement. It's a long story. I won't get into it. But the new owners of, of, uh, of uh, Big Soccer didn't like uh, something that I wrote. And they yanked my article. And that really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, fine, I give up. And uh, so I'm still contemplating uh, writing if i can find the right uh, i don't want to run a website i don't want to you know i have a uh, a, yeah. a, a, a blog i you know, i would i would take a space somewhere but i don't really want the day-to-day responsibility of, of that. i really don't i've i've been there and you done could do that, a Substack you know? thing you could do like a Substack thing yeah you know if you ever can consider that that's where i mean a lot of guys um, are going now yeah write articles Um, well, like I said, I'm 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 looking into that because like there really are some things that that I think are getting ignored that I, and I think people would be fascinated. You know, I, I I talked about I talked about Concacaf. There's you know how many people know that the president of of the Haitian Federation has been uh, uh, suspended by FIFA because he used the National Training Center for preteen girls as a sex club oh, and, and was passing these girls around, <laughs> passing these oh, girls God. around like party favors. Oh, and, and no, it's, it's horrible. Oh, it's just yeah. horrible stuff going on. And, and, and everybody knows it. it's, 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 you know, it's common knowledge and no one will write about it because no one wants to rock the boat. Well, that brings me to rocking the boat because that article that you were talking about, I think that you wrote about CONCACAF and FIFA. I read it today because um, it's up there on Big Soccer because you had to repost it. Is that the one they took down? Yes. But yes. I, 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 yeah. Well, uh, make, make a long story short, I, I had a line and I said, because uh, I was talking about FIFA and it's, you know, it's in Switzerland and all the people who run it are Swiss and whatever. And I said, I quoted Joseph Stalin, of all people, who once told uh, FDR that uh, the Swiss were swine. And, uh, it, you know, it's how, how long ago was World War II? You know, these people are all dead. It's, it's old. It's tired, whatever. And the piece was up for a di- and the piece was up for a day and it got taken down and it took me two weeks to find out that whoever it is secretly runs the site. And I don't still don't know who it is, had taken it down because she said that that line was too political. What? what? Joseph <laughs> Stalin calling Joseph Stalin telling FDR that the Swiss worst wine was too political for big soccer. And I said, well, that's fine. I can't write for these people anymore. Well, yeah, but I are, did post it because people kept emailing me going, what happened? I mean, they, they are all political figures. So I guess there's some kind of a point there. I guess. They're, also, <laughs> they're also dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's just an issue in general, which is why, this is a great platform. YouTube, at least for us so far, has been good. As long as I tell them there's intermittent uh, cursing on the show, they're like, fine, that's fine. You're going to say don't actually listen to our show. 
and you're monetized. So <laughs> blah, there it is. Well, I don't know if they listen to it or not, but they have their little bots that track cuss words. So there's that. Uh, and if you say so many and blah, blah, blah. But in your article, you talked about the whole evolution of the, the uh, Trinidad and Tobago Federation and how fucked up that is. And that yeah. was just two years ago. And maybe you can give us a summary of what's going on there because it doesn't seem like it's getting much better. Well, that's, well, no, that one is still that way. They, they, uh, uh, FIFA took over the organization because it, and it, they should have done it long before because it was totally out of control. And then they held a, a really bogus election and, and they elected a guy who had no business uh, running anything and uh, all the money disappeared. And, you know, they were, they, they were supposed to build this. It was another, we're going to build a training center. That's a big sinkhole for, for FIFA money. And, and yeah. uh, it just went on and on and on. And FIFA went up, took over the organization and, and they sued to stop them. And, but what happens is all these small federations uh, operate on, are able to operate only because of FIFA money. FIFA now gives every, every federation on earth gets a million dollars a year from yeah. FIFA, which, 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 to put that in perspective, when, when Sepp Blatter uh, was running FIFA back in the early part of the last decade, everybody got $100,000. And then when he was reelected, um, part of his program was that everybody got $250,000 a year, and they thought that was great, and they voted for Sepp. And when Gianni Infantino took over in 2016, he upped it to a million dollars. That was part of how he got elected. So mm -hmm. now all these places like St. Martin and Fiji and American Samoa have got like 10 guys in a bag of balls. Like, you know, they don't have an, a team. They don't have anything. <laughs> they're 211 <laughs> FIFA countries and they all get a million dollars a year. Now, come on, where's this money going? What are they doing? With it? Like, it's ridiculous. And, 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 and that goes to the heart of, of why, you know, uh, they're pushing so hard for the uh, uh, for the World Cup every two years now, which is not going to happen, thank God. But uh, that's why they're pushing. He's still pushing for it um, uh, because they need they, they, they got to have more money. They, you know, mm -hmm. and all the small countries say, look, if we get a million dollars a year it, uh, uh, with a World Cup every four years, we'll probably get. $2 million a year if we have a, a world cup every two years and, 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 uh, and it's, it's awful. It's scandalous. And it's yeah. all about the money. And, oh, by the way, that this is something else that, that, that people aren't writing about Gianni Infantino has left Zurich where at FIFA headquarters is he's under indictment. Um, for a bunch of criminal crap, he got really fond of flying his family around in, on, on FIFA's diamond private planes. Mm. And he now lives, he has lived for the last six months in Qatar. Qatar what? has given him a house. Yes. Oh, my Johnny God. Infantino now lives, now lives in Qatar full time. He doesn't go anywhere else. Does he oversee um, the slave labor? Uh, yeah. and I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I probably he's out there every Ten more day. Over there. Ten more over there. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, and and uh, but that's you know he's he's uh, he is totally in their pocket, 
and and likely to remain there. But it's, you know, Europe and South America don't like him and will never like him, will never go along with anything. But he's doing the same thing Jack Warner did for years. Jack Warner had 35 votes in his pocket in CONCACAF. And there was nothing he could do about it. Yeah. And Gianni Infantino has all of Africa and all of Asia and all and all the Middle East. You know, he's got, but he's got no support in Europe. So he's left Europe. He's given up on it. So it's so it's, it, it's a mess. It's, it's yeah, it's so weird because I mean, we had septic blab blabber for a long time, and we thought we <laughs> were going to steppy. I miss <laughs> I miss him so much. I mean, is this really an improvement? I mean, where it doesn't seem like, I mean, like you no. said, the money's being used for underage uh, drinking parties and sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, I mean, nothing's really got better, has it? No, no. What what they have done is they've eliminated some of the uh, some of the under the table stuff. Yeah. Um, like they used to have they used to have uh, uh FIFA Congress and people literally would line up outside the door and you'd go in and get handed an envelope with $50,000. And it was Adidas was financing because Adidas was like stepladder and, uh, and they were just paying everybody off with envelopes. Literally Saddam Hussein, I think it was Uday Hussein um, was, was their national was their federation rep and he'd stand in line and get his envelope with a hundred grand or 50 grand or whatever. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi's son. I mean, all these third world criminals are yeah. lined up, literally lined up at the door, um, collecting money. And uh, and that sort of thing seems to have been eliminated, but it's been eliminated because they're now above board, sending everybody a million dollars a year. Yeah. And they don't have anything to do with a million dollars. I, w- I always say that, you know, the U.S. and Mexico and England and Germany and even Brazil and countries like that, it's a nice chunk of change, but they, you know, they send somebody down to the bank and they throw it into a checking account. It's no big deal for about two thirds of the countries, two thirds of the federation. That's their whole budget. That's all their money. And they pay themselves salaries and they lease cars and they have, you know, phones and airfare and the whole thing. So, you know, it's moved from underground to above board now. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, some of my childhood heroes like Beckenbauer and Platini got wrapped up in some of that crap. But what did you think about the U.S. Justice Department when it did go? Finally, it was the one that went after FIFA. And I mean, why did it take us? Well, it's because we were able to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you notice that the people who the people who got arrested, the people who were indicted, um, were all from CONCACAF and South America. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's, there's so much corruption in Africa, it's awful, but that money doesn't get moved through the U.S., so the U.S. is powerless. But somebody like Jack Warner was, was, was hot, stashing money in, uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. In fact, he had his son in Miami buying, uh, taking this money and buying uh, property. And, and uh, uh, in fact, there was a, uh, I had a, used to have a picture of the entire Conmebol uh, board of directors, 14 guys from all the different countries in South America. And there were people who were on Conmebol. There's a group photo taken in 2014. And by 2018, 13 of those 14 people were either indicted, in jail, 
or on house arrest. And the other reason the 14th person wasn't under, under any of those things is because he was dead. So it would be entire, and, 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 but that was, that was because they were doing, they did business in the United States and anybody, you know, that we were able to use our banking laws to, uh, uh, to, to crack down on them. They were very foolish. And, uh, uh, I, part of it had to do with Chuck Blazer. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't criticize Chuck. I kind of like Chuck as a matter of fact, Chuck, did a lot of shady things, but Chuck never screwed over the United States ever. He was he just never trying took to took a dime of America. Go no, ahead, Brett. I'm, I'm I'm say not only that, but I mean, Chuck was nice enough one day a year to deliver presents to every kid around the world. I mean, <laughs> well, he's got that. some positives there. <laughs> Come on, and he loved yes, his, indeed. He had, he, had, he, he loved his birds too. He really loved his birds. He had a big I, cage of birds. I, Remember that. He had a he had a uh, he had a, a, a macaw, a huge macaw, scarlet macaw, and and as a matter of fact, I talked to him. I I, I never told anybody this before. I, I used to talk to him on the phone, but so he called, anybody could call Chuck. Chuck can answer the phone from anybody, hmm. and uh, I used to call him. He was really quite. He was very polite to me. He knew exactly who I was, and in fact, I even I, I felt terrible once. I I uh, I wrote a piece about his about him, and I mentioned. I mentioned his girlfriend, Mary, Mary Lynn Blanks. You can look her up. Mm. Marilyn Blanks was a, a very minor actress. She was on soap operas. and She did some commercials and stuff. Mary Lynn um, um, was his living girlfriend. And I referred to her in an article as being Milfy. Oh. And, and I, and, you know, and I talked to, uh, and I talked to Chuck a month or so later. And I called him with some questions, and he would never give you any dirt, but he'd give you some background of FIFA laws and stuff. Very good with that sort of thing. And and he said, oh, by the way, I, I wanted to tell you that Mary Lynn saw that article, saw that you called her a MILF, and she laughed and laughed and laughed. Good. So you know he had a sense of humor. He had a sense of humor about this stuff. But in know? many in many and, ways, uh, he wasn't got, he wasn't he just playing the game though? Because everybody was playing well, the game, and if he didn't play the game too, then we would have maybe not even got, I don't know, 94. I don't know. But he was playing the game like everybody well, else. Well, that was, was sure. Absolutely he was. And I always tell people about Chuck. He he never took, there is no evidence whatsoever that he ever took a bribe for anything. He took, he <laughs> decided that he had this deal with CONCACAF that he got 10% of everything. So he yeah. thought that he felt that included getting 10% of Jack Warner's bribes. And so this man was Whoa. literally taking a commission on Jack <laughs> Warner's bribes. It's, I heard, and it's I heard, astonishing. I heard when they arrested him, his Macau said, show me the money. Show me the money. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you if you when when you when you I that's where they came, I came from. Um, when you called him, that you you know the bird would scream in the background. You could barely hear the conversation because this bird was screaming, just screaming, his ear piercing, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> screeching. You know, like the, the hounds of hell might, are in his. That might have been his game plan. So that way, bird. people. That way, people always hang up. Like uh, Jack, we'll just talk later, okay? <laughs> well, the bird <laughs> is still around. The bird is still oh, around. The bird who used so, to, oh yeah. God! 
who's taking care of the bird? Well, there used to be a guy who worked for CONCACAF who, uh, who took care of Chuck's bird when he was uh, out of town. And, uh, and when Chuck was in, when Chuck was dying of, of colon cancer in, uh, in New Jersey, um, he took it home with him and then he agreed to keep him. And so he had a good home when Chuck, because Chuck was very sick for a very long time. And, uh, uh, and the guy took him home with him and he's still there as far as I, as far as I know. Okay. Well, that's but he and the bird got along. That's good news. I just want to know the bird's okay. And I'm listen, I don't wish death on anybody from colon cancer. So that's horrible. And I hope. No, no, certainly not. Yeah. And Derek, Derek watched a documentary about 1800s England vets that used to cook birds. So. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a throw, that's a throwback to an old joke. That was occurring on but. <laughs> I don't know if Bill's in on these inside jokes, Brett. I don't know if that's going to work. There, there, there was a dead silent for about five seconds. There. I was like, well, that didn't pan out. <laughs> so Yeah, I, we all have those, though. You know, you just, you just move on. Yeah. So I also want to say we were using a photo of if for, for new people who don't know Bill Archer, who is a legend in the big soccer world. He used to use a photo of himself as a smoking monkey. So the fact that we're using a photo of Bill as a smoking monkey does not mean we are making fun of him. That's just the only photo anybody has of Bill. And it's apparently it could be him. I don't know. Are you, are you still smoking, Bill? I was going to say, how do you know that's? How do you know that's not really me? I, don't... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's really, that's the question, right? But, you know, it's going to have to work for now because. Frightening, it's frightening. It? <laughs> I mean, still, I can... there's still a legion of Canadians out searching for you, aren't there? <laughs> sure. <laughs> They're Canadians. I, I, I used to say my, I think my picture was in every border crossing post. <laughs> you go through it, it's right next to the window. No, that's yeah, not, him. not him. No, that's not him. <laughs> Well, that's kind of funny because even tactical manager now refers to them as rude Canadians because he gets a lot of heat on the tw on the Twitter sphere. Um, are you on Twitter? Do you, do, you, do you still do you watch any of the new independent YouTube soccer media out there, Bill, at all? Are you uh, other, keeping up with them? Other than, other, not other than you guys. No. Do you have any you want to yes. recommend? Yeah, sure. You have uh, 11 Yanks, I think is really good. Um, help me out, Brett. Okay. Uh, tactical, manager. tactical managers, really good. A young guy, but you know, he's a good guy. And then uh, Sam, Sam Yank show report. Yank report. And then there's FIFA America too. But like, I mean, the thing is that there it's, are all it's these... definitely a growing population of, of, of people coming up and it's great to see the, the community growing. Yeah. Organically, if you will. And, that is and, good to hear. That's and they're, hear. they're saying things like you used to say, right? They're being open and honest. They're fearless. Um, and I, I, I think that bodes well going forward because access is an issue, as you said before. It really is. Um, all right. So let's well, it's, it, go it's, ahead. It's tough, you know. Tough. No, it's tough. And, uh, you know, going way back to what we, I said about Grant, you know, I, I appreciate Grant's, Grant's problem. Grant, you know, uh, he needs, he doesn't need to be thrown out of, of press conferences. He doesn't need to be denied tickets. He doesn't, you know, it makes it impossible to do his job. But at, at some point, you get to 
go then go ahead and claim that you're a crusading journalist for truth, justice, and whatever, and and uh, and then not write that stuff. You got to pick, right? You know, people like who covered FIFA for years, like Andrew Jennings, paid a terrible price for you know go go on YouTube and look at uh, Andrew Jennings and Jack Warner. Uh, Andrew Jennings chasing Jack Warner through train stations and stuff. And Jack Warner, go ask your mother and I would spit on you. And also, I mean, he really took a lot of abuse, but he and he couldn't get anywhere. And he got thrown out of every FIFA hotel ever. Um, yeah. And he didn't care. He just kept going after and going after and going after. And he played a big role in bringing Sepp down. Yeah. And he, I think a he lot just of died, the- by the way. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people that we talk to in this sort of new independent media thing, and these are guys that have like, you know, I mean, it's not giant. It's like 20,000 subscribers on YouTube, but still that's, that's a massive leap compared to where we were back in the old days. And I just want, I I'm glad you're just confirming that that's bullshit because you know, this whole thing that, you know, these, these people, the guys that are asking Burhalter questions at the comp press conferences, they have to watch what they say. Wouldn't you agree with that? They can't ask sure. the wrong question. Oh, they absolutely. They absolutely do. You know, you, it, you, the, the, the PR people at MLS call your editors and, and uh, you know, you, they say, look, can you send somebody else? You know, mm-hmm. let, it costs you your job. Yep. You know, and, and everybody plays, everybody plays the game and everybody knows the rules. And to an extent, that's OK. Somebody has got to sit there and listen to the drivel that that, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that Greg Berhalter says after a game. You know. Yeah, well, we outpossessed the snot. We got our brains beat we out. We really Canadians. possessed that ball. Well, you know, that's right. You know, well, see, and again, uh, uh, because I'm a crew fan, I watched Greg halter teams for years and this yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the game that they play is, is exactly the way the crew played for however many he was here four years five years however long he was here it's exactly the same thing and it's boring as hell and and it's you know it's all based on possession and playing out of the back and how often can you you know that's the question that you want somebody to stand up in, in, in one of those those conferences and say Greg how many times do we have to, you know, get the ball to a, a, a winger intercepts a pass? <laughs> one of our guys at, yeah. at the halfway mark. And instead of even looking across the field, instead of looking upfield, so, you know, taking two seconds to evaluate, his instant reaction is to turn and pass it back. Yeah. Turn and pass it back. Mm-hmm. Turn and pass it back. Maybe you get a square pass every once in a while nothing anything about let's take a few touches forward and see if somebody makes a run so none of that because that's what greg teaches and i'm really firmly convinced that it, that you know you get all these people who who are who, who who all these kids and you keep them in camp for two weeks and you play three games and then they go back and they suck for a couple of weeks because they're still playing burhalter ball <laughs> and i really would like somebody to say greg you know have you ever heard of a counterattack? you know somebody you know what, what oh, couldn't we once in a while go forward when we're playing a weak opponent what is the sense in playing out of the back all the time and, but it's yep. not the stuff that they'll ever ever ask because they'll never they'll never get let in a presser again. But Why no, you, I mean, he pull, he he ends up calling in players because it improves verticality. 
<laughs> verticality. Verticality. I mean, uh, if he says so. If he <laughs> says so. <laughs> I mean, why? Go ahead, Brett. Sorry. No. I don't know. It, we're, we play very much a predictable <laughs> style here. This is how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to butt in. Yeah. No, but uh, we play a very, a very predictable style. And it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. Well, I had, yeah, I had a point I, there, but I kind of lost it there. But that's okay. We're all drunk. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad somebody said it. And uh, it, the, the teams that the, the teams that well, and again, I go back to Columbus. I keep mentioning Columbus, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, the teams that gave him uh, Columbus fits when Burhalter was here were the teams who, like New York, the Red. We couldn't beat the Red Bulls. That's because they played that high press. It's mm-hmm. because you intercept the ball. You're playing. They, you know, they don't want to play full field. They don't want to play. You know, possession. They want to. They want to steal the ball and strike. They want to go, and and the, the, when you compact the field like that, it doesn't give our guys any time to you know collect up the ball. You don't get to comfortably pass it around the box, square passes across the, through the, the, the center of the field 38 times and stuff, they get pounced on. And there is the way he sets it up, the way the key wants the game played. There's no, no response to that. There's my, the reason you know, why we struggle so much against they, El Salvador. Well, no, I mean, my question. Yes. <laughs> well, I know. I, yes. Yes. I mean, the question is why doesn't Greg Berhalter understand or grasp and why is he so fucking dogmatic that he can't play against a high press or a low block? That's my question. Well, I think part of the problem, of course, is that is that there are two things at play here. He's paid. He's not paid to win the World Cup. Nobody thinks the U.S. is going to win the World Cup. I mean, maybe there may be somebody, but nobody thinks so. his job is to qualify. <coughs> and and he can't excuse me. And he can qualify this team and keep his job by playing this ridiculously conservative crap all the ball. And you're going to have to, you know, it means that you play people like El Salvador tight and, and, you know, uh, a bunch of teams that, that really shouldn't be on the field with us, you know, and then you lose to Canada, no reason to lose to Canada. You keep reading this stuff about, oh, the talent's really you know, a lot better in Canada. Well, yeah, it's better in Canada, but it was dog shit before, and now it's you know, USL level. And okay, fine, but it's still not, any, it's still not that good. And, and, but, but his job is to qualify the team, to get the team into, into the World Cup. And, yeah. and I mean, you saw what happened with the last two guys who couldn't manage that. They got fired. They got, you know, mm-hmm. what, what does Jurgen Klinsmann do these days? You know, grow roses or something? I don't know. Um, he, chim- he chimes in on a couple of Indus League games. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, well, God bless Jurgen. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, that, that you had mentioned, you know, like nobody expects us to win the World Cup. But uh, just in a tweet today, Lawless said that our ceiling is the World Cup. Winner? It's the World Cup. The, <laughs> That's the our ceiling. ceiling. Our ceiling. It, 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 kind of vague about it because he just said, like somebody asked him, he goes, hey, what's the, what's, the, what's the expected ceiling for this, you know, this current U.S. men's national team squad? And he said the World Cup. Just making it. 
Well, I don't know. It depends on how you interpret it, I guess. Ever since. Uh, he hasn't made a lick of sense since the day he chugged that Red Bull. He just <laughs> is really. Yeah, he there's an any, yes, a thing since then that made any sense to anybody. Problem yeah, is he didn't cut really... with vodka. That was his problem. Yeah, well, he <laughs> needs to work on that. That's for sure. That's true. And so, Listen, Bill, no, I have a, I have a question I'd like to hear you guys address sometime. All right, I'd address it myself, but I've talked about it too much. In the overall, I mean, in the taking the whole picture into into account. Was David Beckham was signing David Beckham and making the deal that they include selling him a three hundred fifty dollar franchise, three hundred fifty million dollar franchise for twenty five million dollars, and his salary and the, uh, all things into consideration is David Beckham a net positive or a net negative for MLS? Oh man, this hits home. I'm a Galaxy fan. Fuck. Um, yeah, nobody's perfect. <laughs> that's gonna go around isn't it <laughs> uh probably you know bill honestly i i mean i'm looking through this in galaxy glasses but for me it was the most exciting time for me as an as a galaxy fan uh in Not a while the first two or three when he years. showed up whether it was worth it overall i don't know i don't I don't know the answer to that question because I don't know where inner Miami is going to end up because they've been awful so far, but uh, was it worth it? I think so. I think MLS took a baby leap there and then we were kind of stuck right now and uh, we're, we're making little incremental leaps now, but we're, that was a big baby leap that we hadn't taken before. As somebody who doesn't have the rose tinted glasses of an LA galaxy fan, um, I think it was almost net neutral, if anything, because right. I don't think because for the first part, for the whatever, the first two or three years he was in the league, Galaxy still didn't qualify for the playoffs. Now, of I course, they ended up coming that. back and they ended up getting a couple champions at the end there. Um, but then it took like a decade for him to even work out getting a team. Yeah. So I guess I guess the ultimate the ultimate my ultimate gripe about this is it really started the narrative i mean i know we had the narrative prior to this but it started the narrative of mls is just a retirement league it's where all your aged europeans come to just end their careers and make a bunch of money before they hang up their cleats and i'm not blaming that purely on him but i mean it definitely started to punch somebody yeah (laughs) absolutely and now bill's gonna give us the real answer well bill (laughs) (laughs) well i uh... I, I, I wish I had the real answer. I go back and forth. I mean, and some people will say that that it, uh, it as as you said, it it uh, uh, it jump started the whole uh, designated player thing. Um, I don't think that. I mean, it was probably going to happen, but it probably wasn't going to happen as soon as it did. Um, but they had to come up. They had to invent a mechanism by which you could pay this guy something close to what he was worth. Right. Um, and there was no other way. They certainly couldn't fit him into a salary budget. Mm. Um, <laughs> so they said, I know we'll call this a designated player. And much as they would have liked to say, uh, this is only, this only works for New York and Los Angeles. They were forced to make it uh, applicable to everyone. 
Yeah. And so, you know, in, in that sense, in that sense, they probably moved, uh, moved the league forward uh, considerably um, um, by a matter of, you know, five years or even. Um, yep. I think what the you, bigger improvement would but, have been uh, the, you know, the, the negative. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Bill. No, I, I, what, what was he saying? I, was saying, I think I think the bigger inclusion, I think the bigger improvement would have been the the young the young designated player rule, where they started where they basically. Oh, I like that. That that's what that's what I'm saying. You know, instead instead of saying let's you know the LA's and the New Yorks back in the day could just go out and find a name, and that worked. You know, for establishing an improvement. You know, some people came out to watch Gerard. Some people could all watch Lampard. You know, um, you know Beckham and all that, but uh, I think I think the I think what's improving the league more when it comes to designated player is the young designated player rule. No, that's fair, but I well, also I don't think pe- people <clears throat> I don't think people give Garber any credit, and I mean I'm no fan of him, but I mean I am and I'm not, but they don't give him credit for working these things out like DP. Tam and Gam, for instance, are just a way to get around the conservative owners who don't want to raise the salary cap. So he's like, well, fuck you, then I'll just make some shit up. And it's a monopoly money. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Aren't, Bill? They, aren't they getting isn't isn't Gam going away or is it one of the two is going away? I would imagine um, Tam is. I know. Gam well, no, was- you're, you're, you know, I was gonna say, uh, game was included in the, uh, the million dollar, the million dollar uh, bids recently. Where like uh, Ariola was talking about going, was talked about going to FC Dallas, and it's gonna be like a, a two million dollar gam deal. The uh, Costa to LA Galaxy, or what was it LAFC? LAFC, and that was like a one point two million dollar gam deal. So maybe it's Tam that's going bye bye, and it's Gam that's sticking around. I don't know. Well, the players, the players don't like that, and the reason they don't like mm-hmm. it is because it's a, a, a mechanism for getting around the salary cap. Mm-hmm. That's money that, that is held out that, that, that the average player does not have uh, access to. Yep. You know, I, 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 your your salary is limited, but this guy's is not, and they don't like it, and I, I understand that. But uh, they, you know, you're you're right about about uh, Don Garber. He's he's come up with some amazing, or he and his people come up with some amazing. You know, people want to say, well, it's Calvin Ball, and it's you know, yeah, it is. Um, but but the in the early days, at least, you know, you and I remember when it, it was not a sure thing. Up until up until yeah. probably Toronto came in and what was it, 2008? This league was not a sure thing. Mm-mm. This league was, you know, on really shaky ground. And in fact, what was it, 2002? It was within 20 minutes of folding. And finally, they, uh, uh, Anschutz and Hunt sat down and said, fine, we'll, we'll fund this out of our pocket for a couple of years. I mean, it was shaky. Yeah. And, and, you know, so they came up with a bunch of hinky mechanisms and everybody said, yeah, well, let's just making it up as you go along. You're damn right. They're making it up as they went along. And and it worked, you know? Yeah. You no, know, Bill, I have to say, I really appreciate the Calvin and Hobbes reference you made there. I don't know if everybody picked yeah. up on it, but that was, that was, imp- I appreciate that. I was a big Calvin Hobbes <laughs> fan back in the day. Um, but, but, but two, that was some funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's good. Uh, 
uh, Hercules Gomez actually talked about the whole GamTam uh, transfers and um, movement throughout the league compared to, say, transfers abroad. And he talked about how the, the big issue here is that the players who generally travel, like in, in Europe or anywhere else around the world, let's just let's ignore the funny money here in MLS. Let's just say transfers in anywhere else. It, players are uh, guaranteed like some like 10% of the actual transfer fee. So if you transfer for 6 yeah. million, you're going to get 600,000 as just a, here you go, here's your money. But, you know, you transfer, you know, um, Acosta who had interest abroad, even though MLS downplayed it. Um, and then they transferred him for 1.2 million to LAFC. That sounds impressive. Like, holy crap, LAFC must really like him. But I mean, it kind of in the end, and I'm not sure what the inner workings, if there are in, any inner workings with GamTam transfers uh, for the players. But I mean, that that that, that basically took money out of uh, Acosta's pocket uh, rather than transferring. But it benefits Colorado more to transfer oh, yeah. within the league than it does transfer abroad. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's better deal for them because if they transfer him to Zurich or Salzburg, they're just that's money they're not going to see. So there's that. Um, well, and it's hard to it's hard to blame the players for not thinking that they ought to get a bigger cut of this. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. They uh, they you know they look overseas. They look at Fifth Pro. They look at everything that goes on in Europe. They look guys coming out of South America. Now that gets ridiculous at one point. So many people come come out of South America, and this agent owns five percent, and this club owns seven percent, and this guy owns nine percent. This guy, you know, they're they're all fractionalized into a million pieces, you know. But but the player still gets a good chunk. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um. Let's move into this next window, Bill, because I know we already talked about World Cup qualifying, but we've got about 17 minutes to go. If you're willing to hang in there with us. Um, sure, and sure, why not? Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. We've got three really tough games coming up. Is there a situation where we might not qualify? I mean, is that possible? Uh, could be. Well, anything anything's possible and you know uh, uh but i think i i'm i would be shocked wouldn't you that if, yes. if the u.s didn't qualify this this round particularly with the expanded field i mean now that they've taken it to what it is 120 teams or whatever it is they have not know. it's 60 <laughs> it's 48 it's they come up with new numbers all the time um all, and that's all those another, new spots that's, are going to go to european teams infinite, Yes, that's true. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna finally be able to have absolutely, you know, we're gonna eliminate the fact that uh, Oceania has to play a, a play-in game so that we'll get somebody from the Pacific that doesn't belong there, and we'll get somebody, a couple teams from Africa. And really, it's about Africa. Nobody cares about the small European teams that don't make it. But his uh, FIFA's big concern right now is Africa. They have so many votes, and they. They keep expanding the field, and and uh, because when you get a team in the World Cup, you get money, and those teams don't really care if they if they make it out of the first round or whatever. Um, so they'll they'll keep expanding and expanding, and as long as that's that's his fallback position from 
from uh, getting the World Cup every two years. But no, I, I, I just I can't believe that the U.S. would not qualify, and I think we'll qualify forever. Now they're changing the what it is now the octagonal. Then they're changing the format next time around, so that it's virtually impossible for us to to not qualify. But yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, after the 2026 World Cup, because we automatically qualify for that, right? By just having, by hosting yes. the World Cup, we have it. So after that, yes. Because there was, there was talk about how, and I don't know how the new format's going to be, but there was talk about the classic USA versus Mexico matches that we've had over the past couple decades. Be a, a, being a figure of the past, because it's very unlikely we'll ever have those moments again in the new, in the new format. Again, I don't know how the new format's set up, but that's what everybody's talking about. Well, it's a it's a whole new world out there. It's a whole new world for MLS. So, you know, you go back to we started out talking about big soccer. You know, it was a uh, it was a wonderful time. It was a, between the you know uh, the the uh, U.S. Mexico in two thousand two at Crew Stadium, and mm-hmm. you know which people call people still call the uh, uh, the Woodstock of American soccer, and that's a little over dramatic, but it's true. Um, <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's kind of like it. It's kind of like uh, '80s porn. You know, it was the golden <laughs> age of porn, and you know, right up our alley. Yeah, yeah that, that was, nailed it. That was the goes the. Yeah, that was the golden age of of American soccer, and it's over, and that's okay. But you know, we can't keep looking for. Uh, Nina Hartley wandering naked on a beach in the Caribbean when, you know, now you, all you get is, is uh, uh, a, 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 a cell phone video of eight guys using some stripper's face for target practice. It's different. <laughs> it's, no, I, it's, great it's just different. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Apropos. <laughs> I was never a fan of Nina Hartley, by the way. <laughs> Even in the eighties, I was more well. You know, you can't really say that. No, me neither. Yeah, I didn't. Wasn't into that. I was reaching for ginger. I was reaching for ginger Lynn, but yes, I I didn't come you up nailed it. So I had to go with me. Ginger Lynn. <laughs> she would have been perfect. Ginger Lynn was the bomb. She was the bomb. There is no she doubt about was it. Something. And before I found she out, was wild. Before I found out that Tracy Lords was underage, you know. That was pretty hot too. I didn't know that at the time. None of us did. So that came out a long time after that. So. None of us did. Yeah. A no. bunch of people who went to jail didn't know about that either. <laughs> we can't be blamed. I think they all got um got off. Oh God, that's a word way of saying that. They got off of going to jail eventually because they uh, could prove they she had a fake ID or whatever that was. And so they didn't know she was like 16 years old or whatever she was. I think it was as early as 50, if, if I remember right. But this is going. I, I, I don't know. I, I really I don't think. And if my wife hears this, I don't want to get in trouble. So right. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy, who? I don't know what these guys were talking about. Uh, porn. What? What? Parent? Word is parent. I think me some parent. Where have we gone wrong? I know we've gone wrong, but it's okay. It's that's part of this show. We do it all the time. Um, all right. So 
you think we're going to qualify. No big deal. Um, and I think, what do you think? What do you think? think? I think there's a risk, but I think we need to beat Panama. And if we don't beat Panama for whatever reason, we're because we're starting in Mexico, right? We're probably going to tie or lose that game. And then you have to beat Panama. And then we're off to Costa Rica where they've got everything to play for, presumably in that game to get the fourth spot. So I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm nervous, Bill. Let's, let's look at our two away matches, Mexico and Costa Rica, both places we've never actually won before. The the odds are that it could be very dangerous. Never won in Costa Rica. No, but we're, we're in a very fortunate state right now where Mexico and Costa Rica are, are shadows of their former selves. So if we okay. were ever going to win away in Mexico or Costa Rica, this would be the cycle to do so. Um, I mean, ultimately, well, Costa Rica is what, sitting five points behind us? I mean, assuming yeah. that we beat Panama, we should beat Panama at home because if we can't beat Panama at home, we're in the same situation of 2018. I mean, come on. Um, but, I mean, we should be – I mean, that's a, we're assuming that Costa Rica is going to come out and flat out – net nine points this cycle i mean it's part this window it's possible but i mean it's unlikely and we should qualify within the top four now hopefully the top three but let's just say bill what do you think yeah well i i don't know it because qualifying is a is a strange beast you know mm-hmm. and and uh uh, it's 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 more true. You know, I mean, the, the the whole thing in soccer is winning at home. You gotta win at home, and uh, uh, and in qualifying, and particularly in Concacaf. But in, I mean, uh, assuming you're not playing uh, Saint Martin or Cuba or something, um, uh, where you you better beat them on the road. Um, you really have to win at home, and I think the U.S. is 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 you know, uh, is going to win at home. And I, I think they'll hold home just fine. Um, but but it sure would be nice to if, if Greg could show that he can win on the road. But to win on the road, you've got to play a little different. You can't play this button down, you know. And he's not going to be able to have two-degree weather out. Um, which, and, and I don't criticize that, you know. Kind of, uh, 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 Everybody does that. La Paz, Bolivia plays their games at La Paz. It's, you know, you can't literally can't run on the field for more than you know, 20 minutes without passing out. Um, uh, uh, Honduras, you know, Honduras has no right to complain about being cold in Minnesota. They play their qualifiers uh, as many as they can in the jungle in the middle of the day when it's, you know, 110 degrees, uh, you know, yep. humidity, you could cut with a knife and everybody does. That's what you do in qualifying. You do everything you can to win at home. Um, and, and I think the U S I think the U S will hold home. I don't think, I don't, I really don't think there's any issue at all. And I think we'll be fine. I will say looking, looking at the upcoming matches, Costa Rica is hosting Canada for their first match. Now, Canada, while you could argue, says they're pretty much already qualified at this point. They pretty much are. But they're yeah, still they're still going to aim much. to try to get at least that point because that one point can mean automatic qualification for the last two matches. So they're at least going to be playing for the draw slash, probably pushing for the win because, I mean, I can't imagine mm. Canada just, you know, mm. sitting it back. 
But regardless, they're going to be playing in Costa Rica against Canada, who's top the top the charts. And then they play El Salvador, who's who in El Salvador, who've been sticklers at home. Um, and then they play us at in Costa Rica. So I mean, they don't have the easiest the easiest window leading going into the final window either. No, they're beating El Salvador. What do you no think? Doubt. Mm, I don't know. What I, do you think about true. that Canada team? What do you think about that Canada team, really, though? Do you really think they're as good as they look as they've looked? Are they are no. they really? I, I think I think they work the really well as a team. Yeah, well, that's that's I think yes, they play well as a team. They have a plan and they sit back and they counter not every game. Obviously, if they're playing somebody who's less talented than them, then they'll go after it and they have Davies and they have a Stockio, then they'll go after it. I but, think they basically play Mexico and the United States one way and then everybody else a different way. That's they're I winning. That. That's I, true. That is very true. Yeah. And they're winning. So, I mean, mm -hmm. but on paper, I mean, I said this the other day on paper, no. Canada are not a more talented team than the United States or Mexico, for that matter, even though Mexico's on a real downward turn right now and they're Great old and they're coach. slow yeah <laughs> so you know, people people uh, the, the canadians the canadians you talked about it before the canadians really really had a hard on about me and and a lot of it was uh, <clears throat> and i was as it turned out i was absolutely right i said they had no business putting three teams in mls and, uh, and and they ought to you know they've got to try to develop their own league and so they took the three best cities in the country and put them in the next country and then they decided to, to found their own league so they have the, the CPL which is supposedly a division one league and it's not it's it's not even you know really up to USL one standards and and uh, how much better off would they be if they were keeping the if they had Montreal and Toronto and Vancouver uh, uh, in the CPL? There'd be more money. There'd be a lot more television money. There'd be a lot more of everything in the money. And I think they'd be a lot farther along with what they want to do. Um, <coughs> we yeah, can but even put MLS players on a World Cup team. And they really can't put CPL players and and on an, on a World Cup team and claim that they're that it's, it's competitive. Yeah, it's like calling it the Scottish Premier League, Premier um, CPL, yeah. Canadian Premier League. And in what way is it Premier? <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's like a second, third tier league um, at best. And if you look at the lineups and you go through the players, you'll realize, oh, these are guys who couldn't cut it in fucking USL, and they're playing in the the CPL. You're going to, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get Canada hating you too. You wait. Sorry, right, we'll we'll, talk, we'll we'll put them up on the list with Serbia, so we're good. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Bill Bill doesn't know this, but we got like death threats. And what year was that? 2010 World Cup. God, we just we, started the podcast too, like literally death. months prior to the World Cup, and we got death threats. Yeah, they said they were going to come to our house. Well, the Serbians don't mess around. Yeah, they well, were we, we, we predicted that Serbia would get the last in the group in 2010, and guess what? We yeah. were right. We were right, <laughs> but they told us they were going to come to our come to our house and slit our throats. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ! 
what the fuck are we dealing with here? I was young I, enough I, and dumb enough I, not to really care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're Serbians, you know. They they know about hundreds of ways to hate and kill. You know, it's they practically eat that. That they they serve bile and loathing to their children for dinner. You know, uh, the Serbians <laughs> are hardcore. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I was, I, I was going to get past the big soccer thing, but I'll tell you one more story. Mm. Um, uh, I did, I, I didn't used to do, I did a podcast for you guys. I had some other, uh, some other couple others, but favorites to friends, but, but I really generally didn't because I spent so much time on, on my, my blog that I just, I didn't think I wanted to spend a lot more time sitting around, you know, babbling. But <laughs> I got a call, or I got an email from from from. Uh, well, you know, Dwayne Rollins is. That sounds familiar. The twenty fourth minute. At, he had oh. a twenty. He and two guys had a podcast in Canada and Toronto called the Twenty Fourth Minute, hmm. and uh, uh, and. And they, uh, I had a call for I had an email from them one day, and they said, you know, we think it's a shame that that you guys don't uh, uh, that 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 Columbus fans and American fans and whatever, uh, I have such a bad attitude about about Toronto fans, and you know, we really think that there's a potential for violence, and you know, we don't want that, and it's not helping anybody, and. We're trying to get somebody to come on and you know talk to both sides, and maybe we can help open up some understanding. A whole kumbaya speech they had, and it was, hmm. you know, hearts and violins and flowers, and we're all <laughs> going to love each other, and this is for the good of soccer and the good of the continent, and blah blah More blah. More rich blah. than maple syrup, man. <laughs> yes, and and I very apropos, as a matter of fact, and so I bought into it, and I said, "Phone, I'll come on your show." And they, I came on the show and I about said hello and they were all the way down my throat. The U.S. this and Columbus that and you stink and you're nasty and you're shitty and whatever. And I, they used to be online somewhere. I was probably still is. And, and I was just pedaling as fast as I could, you know, and I, I was shocked. I really was expected to, expecting to come on and, you know, be this really nice guy and whatever. And uh, but I got off the phone and it's a bunch of assholes and nobody will ever hear this anyway. Some people in Canada and I don't care and whatever. So I just went on about my business, didn't care. About two weeks later, I got a phone call from in the middle of the night and it was clearly placed from a bar. It was a lot of noise, a lot of bunch of guys yelling and all these people were screaming into the phone. I'm going to fucking kill you. Mm. You're an asshole. You're all, all <laughs> is just Oh, you know, it's terrible stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know anything about it. Um, um, and they never identified themselves, whatever. So I, uh, the next morning, I called. I called the phone company, it was Verizon, I guess. And they reported it. I said, you know, can you? I don't know where this came from, but can you block this number, or whatever, blah blah blah. And <laughs> they're very nice people. Took it down. <laughs> And that afternoon, I got a call from Homeland Security. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and Homeland Security wanted me to tell the story. They wanted wow. to tell the story because they considered this to be the and 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 because they at Verizon had told them that the Canada that the call had originated from from out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> so I I told Homeland Security the story, and then the next day I got a call from the FBI. <laughs> 
they wanted to hear the story too. And so I told them the story. And Good then Christ. two days later, I got a call. I swear to God, as God's my witness, I got a call from the RCMP, the freaking Mounties <laughs> called me. And they had opened a case file for international terrorism for this phone call that I'd gotten. And they traced the call and it was on a, it was a, a burner cell phone that somebody had bought at a Walmart. And it was clever, but they'd forgotten that they had to buy minutes. And somebody put the minutes card on a credit card and they traced the credit card and went back to these guys. And they they were that's where they got the phone number and that's where they got the credit card was these 24th minute guys. Now I don't think they were on the phone, but I think oh they my. gave I don't think they gave but I think they gave the number to this guy so they could harass Unreal. them and a bunch of guys got really drunk. And got on the phone, started threatening me. And uh, I don't know. I mean, after that, I don't know. I never called, I never inquired or whatever. But no, at one point, they had Homeland Security and the freaking Mounties chasing around after these people who were harassing me. It was hilarious. It was really funny. <laughs> All right. We're, that is a crazy story. And uh, so we're going to go into like the sort of lightning round. And then we're going to we're gonna call it a night. But uh, okay, are you ready for the lightning round? It's not that bad. Bill, I yeah. Promise. All oh, right. Okay. I'm 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 pet I'm petrified, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Loney, still in touch with Dan? What's he up to? Um, I haven't seen Dan or talked to Dan in a little in, in a couple of years now. He used I used to invite him up to crew games and he'd, he'd sit with me and stuff. Dan Loney is a is a tremendous guy. He's a little too left wing for me. Hmm. Um, well, I, 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 he's too left wing for Leon Trotsky. But uh, <laughs> but a funny but a funny funny guy and I love Dan dearly. Yeah, he was I was in Cincinnati. By the way, he was he was a Galaxy fan for years. He probably still is a Galaxy fan. And uh, he, he and his family moved to Cincinnati. He got a, a job down Oof. there. The move from uh, more or less L.A. area to uh, Cincinnati. That's quite a <laughs> culture shock. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so your facebook page page has a sailboat on it do you actually do any yeah. sailboating that sailboat is out in my backyard next to the barn even as we speak um <clears throat> in fact that picture was taken at uh, my wife took that picture on uh, uh the northern end of uh the uh lake george up at uh, towards the canadian border yes i do i don't do nearly as much as I, I hope to do more um if you want to come and help me you know do a work on the thing it really needs some work and i'm really pretty lazy <laughs> i mean but, i, I can break know, stop a, by uh, anytime and, uh, you're said uh, bring the champagne and uh, <laughs> we're, we'll talk the last time i yes sailed, i still have that that boat yeah the last time I sailed, I got knocked off of the boat with my dad. So, uh, how I got the hit. hell did that happen? I am not a really good tack- sailor. You were yeah. tacking. Yes, exactly. Hit me in the back of the head. Yeah. And the boom I, hit you. Yep. Playing yeah. with your dinghy. Fell into the boat, and we were on the way into the inlet. And, <laughs> and there were a button, my dinghy. And we were on the way into the inlet, and there was a beach. That one took you a long time to come with that one. Eh? <laughs> I brought up sailing and I'm like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. All the, all the, all the young girls on the beach laughed at me. So 
<laughs> yeah, it was humiliating. Um, I actually swam. Imagine. Yeah, I swam home. I didn't even get back onto the boat. I just swam home. It's because um, it's because your dad. Sorry, a uh, hundred yards away from you. <laughs> I dragging, just said, dragging your dragging your shame along with you. <laughs> I, mean, I was young then. I think I was, was like there. 28, 24. So it was an embarrassing moment. Um, <laughs> all right. Is this fat, in fact, Bill, the best generation of American players you've ever seen? Is this wow, the, that's the a, best generation? I liked, I really liked the Bruce Arena 2002 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. There were guys in it that there were there were guys in it you could just i mean you know who who couldn't love a guy like freedom oh turned out to be a complete douche nozzle but at the time you're like, <laughs> um, uh, is uh, uh is Phil, but uh, all is those Phil guys that, uh, Brian Mc- his, sorry oh, go ahead sorry sorry keep cutting you off no i was gonna say brian mc brian mcbride what a man mm-hmm uh, uh, Kobe Jones. How do you not like a fierce guy like Kobe Jones? Um, you can even go down as far as clowns like Joe Max Moore, um, uh, 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 Josh Wolf, um, so many Claudio Reyna. Uh, there were just so many guys that you liked, and 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 uh, so I, maybe that colors the fact that I really like that 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 you know I really think that's a good it's a great team. Um, my problem with the U.S. team now is, I don't, I'm, I, I don't feel like I, I like these guys that much. There's some good players, you know, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, 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 he's wonderful. Um, uh, but I, I just don't have the same feeling. I, it's because I'm older and it's not, you know, it, 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 it changes. But I, you know, I mean, I just don't feel. Did you? Uh, I don't did feel you like, like uh, jumping up and, and waving the American flag. Did you like Jede's uh, uh, fake old hammy on his celebration from his goal against El Salvador? Jedi? You're yeah. using the ter- term Jedi. I don't know, Bill. Do you know who Jedi is? <laughs> I have Robinson. no idea. Aunt, our left back, Anthony Robinson. Aunt, Anthony. Yes. Well, Anthony is. Uh, I mean, uh, sure. I. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that I. I dislike them. I'm not sure. saying that they. You know, I want to throw things at the TV when I see their face, but <laughs> it just they just don't light my fire. I don't. Well, McKinney's one of the too much of a fan. McKin- there's definitely some characters. Yeah, McKinney's. I like McKinney. Yeah, I really do. I like him a lot, and I do like the fact fact that Jedi in his press conferences is like totally no bullshit. Uh, same thing with Luca De La Torre. We would yes. never have figured this out if you know for Halter didn't finally call him up. I don't know if you saw that interview, Bill. What, but, what do you got? But Luca De La Torre no. was like, "I deserve to be called up a long time ago." Yeah. In like, the he, interview, he's like, he's, he, <laughs> he basically said, paraphrasing here, of course, he said uh, that a guy asked him, "Like, hey, how do you feel about your performance today?" And he basically said, "I feel like it's the same performance I put at club level every day." You know, <laughs> more or less saying, "I should have been wow. called up a long time ago, man." No. <laughs> that's ballsy confidence is a good thing yeah yeah let me uh, well let me ask you can i ask you a real quick couple of questions mm-hmm. go for it uh let me let me let, let me throw you you guys a couple of names zach stefan <sighs> questionable i mean injured all the time number one and i'm not 
I still think Matt Turner's a better shot stopper than he is, but I, I don't know. I mean, you, he doesn't play enough for me. That worries me. To be so fair though, Canada answer. wouldn't have gotten their first goal if it was stepping in the box because he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have kicked it 50 yards up in the air. <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> so well now I, that, I, of course, I think, now, I think that, now that turner is going to be sitting the now the turner is going to be sitting the bench in arsenal and and stefan's going to be sitting the bench at city i don't know who you're going to pick anyway you know yeah, who's your third choice evens uh, itself Hor- out okay. that's sitting at uh, Jossie's, and johnson's playing at uh city or in new york <laughs> yeah jossie jossie zardis I mean, what do you, what's there to say? I mean, he just, uh, he got a full, almost a full game and he just didn't perform. He needs to go. I I appreciate Zardis's uh, effort that he puts in every match. He's, he's, he's a workaholic, but he's not, he's not in in our top five, in my opinion. Nah, I don't, I don't think think he should be seeing, he should be seeing the lineup. And there's, there is an article that just came out in the Atlantic, and you guys brought this up, Derek, on the uh, last council meeting, um, basically talking about how that there's a lot, there's a lot of like a lot of shit being talked on Twitter and social medias about players and stuff like that. Not all of it's constructive by any means, but I mean, but simply saying that somebody like Sardis no. or Roldan or somebody like that, yeah, uh, <laughs> aren't aren't, aren't uh, suitable to be on the twenty three man roster isn't. That's that's relatively constructive. That's not saying that they're just they're garbage players and they don't deserve to touch a ball ever again. Some people will say that. Don't get me wrong, but most people are sitting there simply saying, "Yeah, Roldan's not the best player, best option for our midfielder." You know, Zardis is not in my top five. You know, that's not that's not that's not you know hate, if you will. Yeah, might be, but it's not right. But those were well, Jossie is kind of one dimensional. Yeah. I kind of like I kind of like a guy, I kind of like a guy who can body up in the box, and, and, and he face. can take up space and he, <laughs> yeah, and he can, yes, yes, that's exactly right, and, and you know he can hold his own physically um, in the box and in a World Cup sometimes that's you know it gets rough down there you know that, but I mean I mean as far as the physicality is concerned what what is uh what is uh say DK or Fock or even Sargent for the matter. I mean, I'm not saying Sargent and Zardes are equal, and I'm not even saying Sargent should be playing as a striker at this point, Berlin. But uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that there there are a number of strikers that bring a lot of the same the same uh, attributes, but are better players in general. Yeah. Well, DK is more athletic, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I really, I, I you know. It's, DK's a guy that you really want to like. You mm-hmm. really want to see him do well. And but you know, in a way, it's kind of like Zardis. You send him out there and you hope for the best, and it just doesn't happen. But boy, you, you know, with him, you really think it ought to. Josh Sargent is—I don't know—he's a, 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 a he doesn't have it. You know, he doesn't have what I wouldn't give for Landon Donovan one more time. A 32-year-old yeah, Landon Donovan sure. one more time on that, on, on that team. Yep. On that team, it would make all the difference in the world. And I've said that so many times on the show that that's Josh's real issue is he doesn't have it. 
while like hoppy has a lot of it but he's just a lot younger and he's got some growth well he's not a lot younger but he does have some growing to do and he needs to get time at mallorca but yeah he's in a he's in a he's in a unique situation whereas at least norwich has faith in norwich oh yeah let's put it this way has faith in sergeant and sergeant definitely has been putting in the work and he's finally getting some uh you know as a right midfielder a right winger, right midfielder. But oddly not enough, oddly enough you, you brought up Donovan earlier, but uh, lately with Norwich, they've been playing more like a four-two-two-two, which is the uh, Bob Bradley special, and he's playing the Landon Donovan yeah, side. He's playing say, the right Bob wing. Bradley. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's playing that Landon Donovan role, you know. So yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of there, not saying there's a lot of similarities between the two players. I'm just saying he's playing the same position and he's finally starting to produce at Norwich. Yeah, well, two goals in one Slow game. comes back to Burhalter. You have to can't expect Burhalter to, to play him the, the way that anybody ever. Certainly, the Bruce Arena played played Donovan. That's never going to happen. No, yeah. it's not going to happen. But yeah, I wish we could have got into the robotics more, um, Burhalter tonight. But this has been an hour long show, and that's about what we're going for. And I'll probably chop it up into three pieces, actually, because. Uh, well, the algorithms and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to thank Bill Archer for coming on the show. Uh, when we uh, leave the recording, Bill, don't don't leave us. And uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and wherever Bill goes and eventually starts writing, whether it be Substack or anywhere else, make sure you're watching and paying attention because we will be. All right. Until the next time on the Straight Red Card, good night.